are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, this last season, since August, I've lost over 65 pounds. Praise God. Um, the Lord spoke to me, said, um, we're about to see a health revival in the church. Um, we need it for this season, because how many know we're running harder than we've ever ran before, and that there is a harvest in Canada that we're about to receive, amen, and that this is your season for breakthrough in every area. So if we can receive healing in our bodies, how many know we can receive healing in our eating? Amen. And if we want to see healing in our family, how many know we ourselves need to be whole? Amen. And in good health. Because miracles, I believe, are a blessing for us. But how many know it even works so much better out there, outside the four walls of the church? Amen. And so we're believing, God, that you're going to get touched this afternoon. And tonight, I believe that the Lord wants to move in miracles. He has a heart for miracles. But how many know he doesn't just want to restore you today, he wants you to restore others? Did you get that? How many know that God wants to shut a door of the enemy that's trying to steal from you this afternoon? And not just shut the door, but give you an authority in that area so that you're going to be a blessing everywhere that you go. So I want us to do something. Can we just lift up our hands? It's a beautiful day in Cold Lake. I don't know what the temperature is, minus 25. Send your fire, Jesus. But Lord, we just thank you for this amazing day. You know what the Bible says? This is the day that the Lord has made. And today we're going to rejoice. We're going to get happy today. Lord, we thank you that every day is a new opportunity. Every day is a blessing. We don't take today for granted. We thank you that 2016 is the most amazing year. We prophesy that to ourselves and our, our situation. We thank you today that this year is our greatest year. And we say to ourselves that we are going to see things we have never seen before. We're going to see family get saved. We're going to see healings in our bodies. We're going to see the dreams and desires in our hearts come to pass. Because we thank you, God, that you are good. And that we are moving from glory to glory. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Seriously, 2016. Look to your neighbor and say, 2016 is going to be your best year. Your best year. Come on. Amen? I told my wife, I said, 2016 is going to be the most phenomenal year. And I said, 2017 better get nervous because there's going to be a lot of expectation on 2017 because of how good this year is going to be. Amen? And so I believe today God wants to encounter you. The Lord spoke to me. He said, I have a very special blessing for you this afternoon. A unique blessing that you're going to take in this season. It's going to carry out throughout 2016. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the rest of the world. God wants to bring around you his kingdom. And how many know under his kingdom, there's complete rest, peace, there's prosperity, there's creative ideas. I felt like the Lord said there's people in here today that you're about to receive visions from heaven that are going to affect not just your life, but this community and the nation. How many believe God that in one moment we can receive creative ideas that can change culture, can change society in one moment. Being in the right place at the right time. And I was thinking about this. I thought, Lord, and I felt like the Lord said, you know, I'm raising up new generals in this season. 
And they're going to look different than what we think. There's going to be revival generals that are going to go into places we never thought possible. And I felt like the Lord said this, just like the Catherine Coleman's in the day. Here's what I heard the Lord say when I, I was in worship. Who can believe me that there's going to be an anointed Steve Jobs? Who created Apple? You ever heard of Apple? And the Lord spoke to me, said, what about people that are going to pioneer in the technology industry, things we've never seen before, Christians? that are going to be ahead of the curve, that are going to do things for the kingdom in the technology se sector or the entertainment sector. Because how many know every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? And how many are believing God that we're about to see things happen in the sports arenas where God has taken the stadiums for, that have been used for the glorification of man? God's going to turn those things around for his glory. Amen. In Canada. Because I love it all around the world, Bill but I want to see it in our nation. Praise God for what God's doing in India and Africa, but God, I want to see it here. I want to see it now. I want to see things. I'm going to tell you, this is a great year. I'll share a couple stories just for fun. Um, this February, uh, Valentine's weekend, the NBA All-Star Game is going on in Toronto. Now, some of you might not know our ministry, but we have a ministry called Voice of Revival. Thank you very much. It's dry, a little dry here. But the river's here, amen? And the Lord spoke to me, um, said, I want you also to start an organization called uh, Play for Life. And so we have a, a ministry called Voice of Revival and an organization called Play for Life. And Play for Life hosts community sporting events for kids and families. And um, we also have a huge heart for evangelism. And so we work with professional athletes in almost every major sport for the purpose of seeing souls get saved. Because I am so for seeing the entertainment mountain be used as a platform for Jesus Christ in this season. How many know the Bible says that God holds the heart of a king in his hand and he can turn it any way that he wants to? And so often we've taken hockey players and different things and we've elevated them on a platform like a king and the Lord is saying, I'm about to use these guys for my glory. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And so this February in Toronto, there is a NBA all-star game going on and what the NBA doesn't know is that God has a plan. You know what? I, I love when people say you can't do things. I, I love it, Bill. It's awesome. Because you know what Ontario says? You can't talk about God in schools. How about God, God has other plans? And he can up, open up doors for you that you can't open up for yourself. And so this February, there's an initiative starting. I'm part of it with Athletes in Action this year. From the 11th to the 14th of February, we are invading Toronto during the All-Star Weekend. We have over 40 Christian NBA basketball players coming together, former and current players coming to Toronto with the initiative seeing 10,000 souls get saved in four days. We're in over 50 schools, we're in universities, we're in colleges, we're in, we're in seniors' homes, we're all over Toronto with one mission to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's amazing. So they say you can't preach. God makes a way. It's amazing how God can open up doors for you when we take the limits off of God. How many of we need to trust the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding? You know, there's a lot of negativity that's out there. Can I tell you something about negativity? If you listen to negativity, it stunts the creative process for you to be able to generate God ideas to bless the community around you. When you 
start to step into negativity and you listen to the voices that are out there, what starts to happen is your creative ability gets stunted. And you can no longer be effective in your community because you've actually submitted yourself to another power. How many know Jesus is the most amazing, positive person that you know? Amen. Isn't that awesome that God doesn't look at you today and say, well, oh, shucks, you missed it. It's over. Come on, somebody. But the Bible says, Psalms chapter 2, whew, I'm feeling this. It says that he sits in heaven and he laughs. How many want to have a good time this afternoon? In the midst of everything going on, we can laugh. We can get happy in church. Oh, because Jesus is the most amazing person, the most wonderful person that you know. And he's here today, and he wants you to get to know him. And not just know about him, but to know him. Because you know what? We talk a big talk, but it's time to walk out that talk. Amen? Because how many know you can say, we believe in winning souls, most hands would go up. But if I said, how many people here today are actively winning souls? How many hands would stay up? Why is that? We believe a doctrine, not the reality. If I said the same thing on healing, how many people believe in healing? Most hands go up. How many people are actively praying for the sick? Most hands go down. Why? We believe a doctrine of healing. We don't have the reality. And we need an encounter with God this afternoon to shift what we know up here and move it down in here so that it can go to our hands. Because how many know knowledge that becomes revelation will then in turn become activation? It's not good enough just to be able to quote a lot of good quotes and a lot of good verses. We need to have the reality of those things. We need to know him. One of the things the Lord told me, he said, Sam, I want to put a fresh fire on my church. We need it. You know why? Lukewarm Christianity won't change anything. Moses said something. He said, unless your presence goes with us, we are no different than any other nation. And I felt like the Lord said this, it's time to start being the light and being the light of the world instead of trying to fake it. And we need a fresh fire today, friends. I'm telling you, I'm being, I'm being real in Canada. We need a fresh fire in our lives. You know why? Your kids need it. Your kids need to see you on fire. Your community needs to see you on fire. You know why? A person on fire will do things you never thought possible. A person on fire will have a dream and a vision so big that they'll say, God, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Lord, I'm here. Lord, use me. And in the midst of everything going on, in the midst of the unknown, you're saying, God, I'm here. Lord, I thank you that you've called me for such a time as this, and I'm going to step out and do the things that you've called me to do. How many want to go to new places this afternoon? I'm just feeling it. Lord, we want to go to new places. We want to see things we never thought possible. But we need to be on fire. Lord, we're asking that you would send your fire this afternoon. Let it burn in us. Let us have a revelation of the fire. Men and women on fire change the world. You know, I, I was praying a couple days ago, and the Lord spoke this to me. He said, Sam, there's a lot of echoes, but where are the voices? There's a lot of echoes, but where are the voices? Can I tell you what God's going to do in Canada? He's about to raise up the fivefold in Canada in this season. How many are ready to see the Canadian apostolic, the Canadian prophets, the Canadian? Listen, I'm even going to throw in the revivalist. God is increasing the Canadian revivalist in this season. And so the Lord spoke to me, though, today, that he said, one of the things that stops people from being on fire, there's a direct attack of the enemy today, and it's against your hope. He said, there's many people today you're struggling with hope deferred that's made the heart sick. 
and it's actually stopped some of us from moving forwards. And you know what? We get excited. We say yes to God. You know, there's a lot of things that we know God is good. Yes, we say that. But you know what hope deferred is? When someone says God is good, you can believe that God is good, but can you believe it for you and say God is good for me? We say God can heal, but can we say God can heal me today? You know, every single person here has a plan from God. The Lord spoke this to me. There's no plan B in the kingdom. Praise God. And Jesus is the most amazing person that you know. And I love what my dad said. Listen, Christianity is not boring. How many know Jesus is so exciting? I love doing youth conferences because you get all these kids that come out and they think they know everything about God. How many know when you're younger, you think you know everything? And then, you know, you get a little older, you start living on your own. You got to cook for yourself. That is its own experience. Then you get married. Oh my gosh. How many got a revelation when you got married? You thought you were awesome, and then you get married, you're like, oh God, help me, Lord. You know, it was like, I'm an only child, and I, I was like, man, this is amazing. It's awesome. You know, I only had my opinion, I loved it. But then you get married. And you got a beautiful girl from Quebec that you married who's smoking hot. She's awesome. But she's got an opinion. And listen, if you know anything about the French, they're fiery. So I share something expecting her to agree with me. Because you know it's true. And she's like, no. Bill, I couldn't believe it. The first time she said no, I was, no, no. What do you mean, no? No, I don't agree with that. Oh. Your, your ideas of marriage changes. I'm going to tell you why people get hope deferred today. This is a good word for people here today. Because I asked the Lord for a word. And as I said this day, coming into Cold Lake, I saw a building called Our Lady of Assumption. Have you ever seen that school? It's in Cold Lake. You know what the Lord told me? He says, too many Christians assume too much. And we have a lot of assumptions. And I'll be honest, I had a lot of assumptions when I got married. I thought it was going to happen a certain way. I thought she was going to do certain things. And I'm telling you what, I had to learn how to cook. I had to learn how to do some cleaning. <laughs> then you have a kid and it's a whole nother experience. You know why? I had an idea of what things should look like. But how many know she had other plans? Can I tell you something today? You have a word of the Lord today. But too often what gets us into trouble is our assumptions of how we think the word of the Lord should happen. Can I tell you what makes people hope deferred? It's not the will of God. It's your assumptions of the will of God. That's my word for you today. Too often we assume how God should move. And we don't realize that we've made our minds a God in our life. And we think God should submit to the way that we think he should move. And can I tell you what this season's all about? God killing your assumptions. And I'm going to tell you today, there's a blessing when you lay your assumptions on the altar. And you say, God, have your way. My life is yours. And there's a coming back to this again of saying, God, my life is yours. And God is raising up a generation their whole purpose is to see God move the way that he wants to move. But so often I meet people in churches in different places and the number one reason why 
they're lacking strength and energy, it's because of assumptions. We thought it was going to happen one way. I remember the first time I ever got a prophetic word. It was, Sammy, you're going to get blessed. Have you ever got words about finances? Anybody here? I love them. You can give me as many words about finances as you want. You know why? Revival costs money. And so I thought, praise God, God's going to bless me. And so you know what I did? I was like 15 or 16. I went down to the nearest car dealership. Because I assumed if God's going to bless me, why not big blessing? You know what I did? I looked at the nicest Mercedes. I said, God, I'll make a deal with you. If you bless me, I'll buy this Mercedes. It was like a burden, you know. The Mercedes was a burden. Lord, if you bless me, I'll, I'll take this on, Bill. It's a, it's a hard out, suffering for Jesus. And I said, God, if you bless me with this Mercedes, I'll give a bumper sticker on the back to you that says God is good. I thought that was awesome. You know what I'm talking about? You ever told the Lord, Lord, I'll give something when you bless me? I'll do more when you bless me. I'll go to the nations when you bless me. And it's always him first, but we don't realize the Bible says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It always starts with you taking the first step. <laughs> and so what happens? I thought God's, you know, God's going to bless me. Well, a week goes by, no blessing. Two weeks go by, no blessing. What's going on? Where's the memo? God, hey, I'm here. Sammy Robinson, my address. Nothing. You know, and you get more words about finances. I don't know about you after a while. I'm not saying it gets old fast. But how many know if you've been believing God for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years over the same thing, there comes a point in your time where you honestly say this, God, show me the money. Anybody like that? Being real? I've heard enough about this. I'm called to the nations. God, show me. And here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Sam, what I want to do in you is I'm going to move in your life like you never thought possible. But I need you to trust in me that the way that I'm going to do it is so amazing, so beyond what you can think or imagine, that you need to lay down your imagination and allow me to put in my thoughts into your head in this season because what I'm going to do is bigger than what you can think or dream of. Whew. But you know what it takes? It takes people being on fire. It takes the fire of God coming on you, burning away all the selfish ambition. It takes the fire of God to come on you, to burning away all the assumption of what you think should happen. You know, it's amazing. One of my favorite, you know, uh, people in the Bible is David. And uh, I love the life of David. I don't know about you, but David was a, a man's man. He knew how to go for war. But how many know David also knew how to just pour his heart out to God? And he could, he could take care of business, but he could just lay down his life and just lay before God and just worship God. How many know that's the generation that's rising up? They're intimate lovers, but listen, they know how to take care of business. Amen? And you know what? David goes through a process, and if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me, because I feel like this is going to help many that are going through this, some of this right now. If you can turn with, uh, turn with me to 1 Samuel 27, verse 1. And I want to talk about overcoming discouragement, and then we're going to pray for you for an injection of fresh hope, because 2016 is going to be so good. I'm prophesying over you that things are going to happen that are going to blow your mind in this season. That God is causing the church to be the head, not the tail. How many believe in Cold Lake? 
that there's going to be such abundance in Cold Lake that God is going to use this place, put it on the map for blessing. And that people are going to wonder how in the world did Cold Lake just supersede all expectation? And how many can believe, God, that the real estate market can go up? And God can give creative inventions out of Cold Lake that are going to be so amazing? But I'm telling you today, God wants us to overcome discouragement. And it says in 1 Samuel 27, verse 1, it says, And David said in his heart, Now I shall perish someday by the hand of Saul. Now how many know that's not a good faith statement right there? I'm just saying. There is nothing better for me than I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. And Saul will despair of me to seek me anymore in any part of Israel. So I shall escape out of his hand. At that time, you know, I was, I was reading this. Scholars believe that David had been running for about 10 years. Now, how many of that's a lot of running? And in that moment, you can see that David is feeling discouraged. You know why? Because before that, 10 years ago, or over 10 years ago, he got anointed by the prophet Samuel and said, you're going to be king. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty big word. Going from shepherd, David the shepherd, to the prophet coming to you, coming to your house with all your brothers being there and not you. And then the prophet saying, is there anybody else? You get paraded in, anointed, and the prophet says, you will be king over Israel. Now that's a pretty good word. How many would take that? You know what that'd be like today? That'd be like you working at McDonald's today and the prophet of the nation of Canada comes to you into your line and says, Samuel, you're going to be Prime Minister of Canada. You know what I would say? You want fries with that? <laughs> Biggie size? Like, come on, are you kidding me? Talk about a success story. David knows nothing about how to be a king. Nothing. No experience. But he gets a word. You ever feel like that? Where God's taking you, you have no experience. You have no roadmap for where the Lord's taking you. Can I tell you what God's doing? He's raising up forerunners. But you need to know as a forerunner that sometimes where you're going, people haven't gone before. So you know what sometimes you have to do? You just got to do it. So often we're looking for people to tell us what to do where God is taking you where people have never gone. That's good. That's really good right now. You know what that is? That's a forerunner anointing. That brings you into places where we've never gone before. Listen, there's books that you're about to write for a next generation because you're going to do things that we've never seen. And some of you are waiting for other people to tell you what to do, but God is saying, you need to encounter me because where I'm taking you, where my presence is leading you, there's no book for it. There's no school that you can go to that can teach you how to do where I'm taking you. The only school that you can receive is the school of the Spirit. So David had to learn. And it, it, think about David. We, we get, you know, these snapshots of David's life. Here's David and, you know, the exploits. He kills Goliath. He's the right-hand man of, you know, Saul. Things are looking really good. He's moving up. He can see himself being king one day. He married Saul's daughter. And in a moment, all of a sudden, things change. Saul's heart gets hardened to David. And now he's on the run for 10 years. 
You know, I don't care who you are, you go through frustration. You go through pain. David's in a lot of pain. The very person that he served, giving his life for, David was Saul's armor bearer. You know, it's so interesting. I, I go to churches sometimes and they're like, you know, they, they talk so negative about their pastor. And I, and, I, and I think about something. I'm thinking, you know, and sometimes it's the weirdest things. I love what you say. God is good, but folks are folks. Did you get that? People are people. And I, and I hear stuff like, well, you know, I'm mad at the pastor. I'm like, why? Well, the pastor didn't look at me. He doesn't understand. Now, listen, I, I know there's real deal, you know, reasons why there, you know, there can be some issues, but has your pastor ever tried to run you over with his car? <laughs> well, maybe we won't answer that. <laughs> has your pastor tried to kill you? Most of us know. <laughs> and here's David. He served somebody, and the guy that he was serving was trying to kill him. That's not fun. How many want to serve under that ministry? And so David's running, and he's discouraged. Like many of us, when we assume things are going to go one way, and it doesn't happen the way we think. And we look, and we assess our situation, and we get angry. And we get discouraged. Can I tell you something about discouragement? Discouragement unchecked leaves a door open for the devil to come in and bring hope deferred. You know what the devil loves to do? He loves to sow in seeds of discouragement. You know what that looks like? It looks like thoughts like this. We don't need to go to another conference. We don't need to pray. We don't need to go to church anymore. Just little things. You don't need to do that anymore. You've done that before. We've done it. You know, it's good, but we're moving on. And I'll be honest with you. I, I look around sometimes with the people that I'm running with, and I think, Lord, there should be more people running. But because of discouragement and hope deferred, people have fallen off. But can I tell you something today? You're here, and God wants to use you. And there's hope today. And God has hope for Cold Lake. And God's not done with Cold Lake. He's got a plan for Cold Lake, and it's the most amazing plan in the world. And if he told you it, you wouldn't even believe it. You know why? It's beyond what you can think or imagine. And he's looking in this region for people that will stand the test of time and say, God, I'm not leaving. It's amazing. Bill, I, you mean all, you've probably seen many people. Listen, it's easy to say, I believe in the things of the kingdom. But what about when it's hard times? Can I tell you a lot what? In times like this, there's a lot of people running. They're trying to run out of Cold Lake, saying it's over. But can I tell you something? God's not done with this city. And he's not done with this region because there's a red-hot revival that God is releasing out of Alberta that's going to shake the nation. You can't run. You've got too much here. There's too much at stake here. There's something about when a people above all else, they stand. And in the midst of everything going on, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of when things don't look the greatest, I'll tell you what, it's easy to get on the bandwagon of success, but how many want to step into a place where they invest into the very beginnings of a move of God? That's what we're doing right now. In the midst of everything going on, we're investing in the ground level. How many would like to invest into Microsoft before it was Microsoft? Can I tell you something? What God is doing is bigger than Microsoft. But he wants to teach you 
how to get over discouragement because we see with David, he's discouraged. And so what does it say? Look at this. First Samuel. Wow. 27 verse 6. And here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Sam, you have to be very careful with discouragement because discouragement can open up a door for you to make a deal with the enemy. And it says in verse 6, so Akish gave him Zitlag that day. Therefore, Zitlag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. Now, if you read backwards, uh, verse 5, the Bible says that David went down to the Philistines and he makes a deal and he gets a city called Zitlag. And the Lord said, I want you to check up what that word means. And I did. The word Zitlag means fortress. And here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Sam, many people today trade in their God-given freedoms for a false sense of security. Can I tell you one of the greatest things that the enemy is trying to bring on the world today that's trying to come after your freedom? Fear. Can I tell you one of the greatest weapons the enemy is going to use against the church in this season is fear. How many feel that right now? There's, there's a fear trying to creep into the world right now. You know why? The devil is after that worldly peace. How many heard my dad's message on the first night? That, if you didn't, that was phenomenal. One of the greatest weapons of the church is going to be the peace of God, the peacemakers. You know why? There's a peace that's evaporating off the earth. You can feel it. That earthly peace that says everything's okay. You don't need to go to church. You don't need to do anything because it's all good. There's an earthly peace that's evaporating, and the devil's trying to bring in fear, where people will trade in their freedom because of fear. Can I tell you something? God is raising up his peacemakers for such a time as this. But here we see with David, and he makes a deal with the Philistines, and here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Sam, if you're not careful, through discouragement, you can make a deal with the enemy. I'll be honest. There's many people. You know what a deal with the enemy looks like? You're not as on fire as you used to be. You're happy with security. You're happy with good. And we settle for good, not going for best. How many know good is the enemy of best? Jesus didn't just come to give you a good life. How many know he came to give you an abundant life? He came to give you the best life. When he died on the cross, he didn't just give us a good life where we just go to church. He gave us a life that we can overcome any obstacle that comes our way. That's what Jesus has done for us. He's given you the ability, the power, that every single mountain that you face will be a testimony for tomorrow. Whew. But see, we got to see a different way. We need eyes to see. We need to get out of the crow's nest and into the eagle's nest. Oh, man. Whew. You know, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Sam, um, I want, to, I want to move in Canada. I want to move in stadiums in our nation. And I'm like, okay, that sounds awesome. This was a, couple, this was a little while ago. And um, the Lord said, no, you're not getting it. I want, to, I want to use stadium revival in Canada in this next season. How many believe that? Stadium revival, we're going to see it in our nation. Like full-blown stadium revival. And I said, okay, God, that's awesome. He said, no, you're not getting it, Sam. Um, I want to give you Rogers Arena to do an event. I said, Lord, Rogers Arena, where the Vancouver Canucks play? He says, yeah. I said, God, are you talking to the right person? I think Franklin Graham is in the States. <laughs> like, honestly. I'm like, Lord, I don't have the favor. I don't have the finances. I don't have the connections. You know what the Lord told me? You have me. And you plus me equals everything. 
And I said, God, I said, yeah, but, you know, I, I've never done this before. You know what the Lord said? I've done it before. How <laughs> many know God has an answer for every question? And when he wants you to do something, guess what? You're going to do it. And so I said, God, okay, what do I do? He said, it's time to act like you're about to have a stadium. Because I said, I, he said to me, he said, you need to get it in here and you need to get it in here. That I've called you to operate in stadium revival. And so I started acting. I said, okay, Lord. Lord, I thank you that I'm going to have stadium revival. I thank you I'm going to have stadium revival. I phoned up my friends. I said, guess what, guys? We're doing stadiums in this next season. They said, that's awesome. When? That's a good question. When? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean you don't know? I said, I don't know, but the Lord said we're about to do stadiums. Now, how many know you can know and not know at the same time? And it's Bible. Jesus said to the disciples, you know the way. You know what the disciples said? No, we don't. You know what Jesus says? Yes, you do. How does that work? That's like an awkward video. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? What does that look like? You don't know it here, but you know it here. You don't know how it's all going to happen, but there's something in your bones, like you were saying. There's something when you have to give up good and comfortable because there's a fire in your bones that you have to go across the nation and preaching it. There's sometimes in your life where you know you're called to something better and you have to give up good. It's because the good is what's blocking you from best. And you don't always know it here. That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Why? Because where you're going, you've never been. And you have to sometimes shut the door to the comfortable and to the good and to what you know and say, God, I trust in you and I embrace the new doors of opportunity. So I prayed. Three months I prayed. Lord, I thank you for stadiums. I get a phone call after three months. It's one of my friends. His name is James. Phones me up. He says, Sam, I need to talk to you. I got a crazy idea. I said, I like crazy. What is it? He said, the Lord's told me that we're supposed to move in stadium revival. I said, praise God, that's awesome. He said, no, you're not getting it. Just like what the Lord said. He said, I have something I want to do. Tell me what you think. I want to rent the penthouse suite at the Rogers Arena where the Vancouver Canucks play, and we start doing worship and prayer in Rogers Arena. During a game, 41 home games. He's like, let's do worship and prayer. Now, I'm a hockey fan, and I'm a, you know, and I love Jesus. I'm like, let me pray about it. Yep, that feels really good. Yeah. And so, you know, we started worship and prayer in Rogers Arena during games. We had Jimmy Patterson right beside us. It was awesome. We would be worshiping God. Lord, release your glory. ACDC was going on outside. Highway to hell. We were saying, no, we release heaven. And Jimmy Patterson would be like, sing it again, sing it again. <laughs> and we decreed that God was going to move in stadium revival. Someone has got to open a door. Someone's got to do something different. Someone's got to go against the grain. Someone's got to see a different way. You know, there might be 10 spies that have a negative report, but who in this room is like the two that says, guess what? You know what? I was created for such a time as this. Instead of criticizing the issue, I'm going to believe God that I was called for this purpose to see that issue turn for the glory of God. 
So we started doing worship and prayer. My dad's been there. It was awesome. So much fun. God's so good. Gives you dessert. People ask us, how do you have all these great, t- you know, great testimonies? Can I tell you? We make ourselves vulnerable for a great God. <laughs> this is how good God is. This last year, 2015, the start of 2015, we get a phone call from a friend of mine. He's the chaplain of the Vancouver Canucks. He phones me up. He says, Sam, one of the players has a major injury. He just got injured the last game. And he's heard about these crazy Christians that spend all this money not to watch hockey, but to worship God. Do you think you could pray for him? He needs a miracle. We're like, okay, we're going to pray. So January 1st, last year, you can see it on Sportsnet on January 2nd. This is the power of God. January 1st, during the first intermission, you were there. You laid hands on him too. One of the Vancouver Canucks came in. (laughs) We laid hands on him. He was shocked. He's like, I have never seen a suite used for praise and worship. You know what he said? Keep doing it. We need more people like you in here. We prayed for him. I remember my dad laid hands, right? I think you just you laid hands on his head or his shoulder, and you just said, in Jesus' name, and we all prayed for him. And in that moment, that man got completely, totally healed. So he's so excited. The next morning, guess where he's at? He's on the ice with the rest of the team. Well, the medical staff freaks out. You know why? Because they see a man that should be out for two months. He's completely, totally healed. They say, what are you doing? He's like, I'm healed. They're like, you're what? I'm healed. Get off the ice. He's like, nope. I'm healed. They're having this thing, this argument. The coach comes and praise God. You know, he's got some kind of religious background. He said, listen, if he says he's healed, let him skate. He skates the whole two-hour practice. He's completely, totally healed. That testimony spreads throughout the Vancouver organization. And we get a phone call in a couple weeks from a man named Francesco Aquilini. Most of you probably don't even know who that guy is. He is the owner of the Vancouver Canucks who owns Rogers Arena, a $500 million facility, over 20,000 seats. The heart of Vancouver. He phones my friend, the chaplain. He says, hey, I heard what happened to one of our boys. He says, you don't know me, but I'm a guy that goes to church every, probably twice a year. He's like, because I have this question. Does God really have power? And he's like, for the first time in my life, I can see that God has power. So what do you think? If I give you Rogers Arena, March 20th, 2016, to do an event for the community and pray for them like you prayed for our guy completely, totally for free this year. If that doesn't get you somewhat excited, we're going to lay hands on you and raise you from the dead this afternoon. You know why? God is looking for people that are going to believe a different way. There's going to be many people in your life that will say, you can't do it. It's too hard. It's too impossible. Don't let people that have given up on their dreams make you give up on yours. Because it's amazing with David. Because David gets discouraged. He makes a deal with the enemy. 
And you know what the Lord told me? He said, anytime you make a deal with the enemy, you get burnt. And if you keep reading, I encourage you to check your Bible here. Look at this. Um, 1 Samuel, verse 30. The Bible says, now it happened. When David and his men came back to Zitlag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Zitlag and attacked Zitlag and burned it with fire. And had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burnt with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no power to weep. Look at this. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But, say but, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And here we see David in the midst of everything going on, in the midst of the city burning with fire, in the midst of the enemy taking away the sons and daughters. And the Bible says that the will of the rest of the group was completely gone. You ever felt like that before? You look around, you're wondering, God, who's still going for it? Who's still believing? Where's, the, where's that fire? And in that moment, David had a choice. He had a decision to make. And it's the same decision that we have to make right now in this season. Because you know what? The devil will try to take your family. The devil will try to steal what you have. The Bible says he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. But even David, with losing everything, his possessions, his family, the only thing that he had was the clothes on his back. I think this is what, I don't know if Bill, you said this, but in that moment, David became one of the most poorest people in a moment. But what does the Bible say? He strengthened himself in the Lord. You know what that means? When you look up that word strengthen, it means that he found God within himself. In the midst of everything going around you, can you find God in you? The devil can try to take away your possessions, try to steal relationships, but I'm going to tell you something he cannot touch today. Your walk with the Lord. There's one thing he cannot put his hands on is your relationship with the Lord. And in the midst of what you're going through, you will overcome. You know why? Because there is a fire that's inside of you. There is a God inside of you that you can find that is for you, that loves you. And that no matter what's going on, guess what God's going to do? He can restore. And so you know what the Lord does for David? He strengthens him in that moment. And you know what David says? He says, okay, God, I want to communicate with you right now. And the Bible says David said, bring me the ephod, the priestly garments. And David goes before the Lord and he says, God, what do you want me to do? Because how many know there's the world situations, but heaven has a say. Can I tell you something today? There's, people are saying a lot of stuff about Cold Lake, but can I ask you a question? What is God saying? Amen. Because his truths supersede any so-called facts that people say. And what does the Lord say to David? Pursue, overtake, and recover all. You know what we're going to do today, friends? God wants to inject hope in you that this is a new season. He's not done with you. He's not done with Cold Lake. You know what he's saying right now? It's time to stand up. It's time to pursue, overtake, 
and recover all. It's time to get up again. It's time to get that momentum back up. It's time to dust yourself off. It's time to dream again. It's time to let yourself free from all every limitation that says you can't do it. It's time to, for some of you, you need to shut the door of negativity. You need to today make a decision. I'm not going to be negative anymore. That you're not going to stay around negative people because I'll tell you what, negative people don't change the world. For some of us, we need to shut the mouths of lions in this season. We need to not allow ourselves to be in a culture of negativity. We need to stop it. And we need to start dictating the atmosphere instead of being submissive to it. You know what the Bible says about David? He went out with the word of the Lord. And it says he, he found his enemy. And he pursued, he overtook them, and he recovered more than he had. He had extra goods. There was abundance. And nothing missing. He got everything back. Can I tell you, friends, what God wants to do in this season? He wants to restore everything and more that the enemy's stolen from you. How many are ready to take back what the enemy's stolen from you in this season? Come on. There's some people in here today, you need to get a fire back in you that says enough is enough. You know why? Because the enemy is banking on us to be hope deferred. Can I tell you something? There's a fire coming on Canadians that people are about to see a boldness on Canadians like we've never seen before. Amen? Can I tell you something? Guys, get ready for a fire that's coming on Canada where God is raising up Canadians with such fire and boldness. And it's not time. I love what Bill said. There's generations that are at stake. Sometimes you've got to dig your heels in the sand and say, guess what? I'm taking a stand. It doesn't matter how many people are going to take a stand with you. Somebody's got to take a stand. You know, I, I would read about, how many have ever heard of um, Mariah Woodworth Etter? And, but probably one of the greatest temp, uh, uh, testimonies, Amy Simple McPherson. You ever heard of Amy Simple McPherson? I think she, was she a Canadian? Canadian. Can I tell you something about Amy Simple McPherson? In the midst of the depression, her ministry was so blessed and they launched TV. Uh, they launched uh, TV, radio, radio, TV. Worldwide radio built a 5,000-seat auditorium, paid cash for it, the whole thing. Can I tell you something? There's people in the room like her, if you want it, that are going to have the faith and the desire and are going to say, God, in the midst of everything going on, there's going to be such a release of finances. God, here I am. If you're going to release it somewhere, God, right here. How many believe God, you know, I, I love Bill Pranker and I love their organization. They got an Arctic Hope Project. How many believe God that there's going to be so much finances for the north in this season? Because there's going to be so much harvest in the north. Can I tell you something in this season? Get ready. I'm talking to First Nations people here today. There's a releasing, I believe, of a creative mind like never before that God is saying there's businesses that are about to be started out of the north that are going to change the world. Whew. I'm telling you right now, I'm prophesying to you that there's people here. You know, I, I, get to, I get the privilege of working with a gentleman called Kerry Price. You ever heard of Kerry Price before? Kerry Price just won the MVP of the NHL last year. His mom is an amazing First Nations woman. He is, he's half First Nations, but I'm going to tell you something right now. That man, you know what he told me? We were golfing together one day, and he said this. He said, Sam, I'm going to tell you about my greatest motivation. This guy just won the MVP of the NHL. This guy gets paid by Ford a boatload of money to drive a vehicle. I would take money to drive a Ford, by the way. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Maybe. But um... <laughs> so I was, we were playing with Carrie, and I said, Carrie, 
talk to me. What does that mean? He said, I want to tell you about my greatest motivation, why I do what I do. He said, because Sam, my goal in life is not to be described as a hockey player. He said, if all people know me as is a hockey player, he says, I've missed it in life. He says, I've been made and I have a purpose and a passion to see First Nations people go beyond what they can think or imagine. And he says, hockey is a vehicle for me to inspire First Nations kids and parents and tell them that where I go, they can go greater. And I'm going to live my life. To serve that vision. And I know that that's a vehicle. My hockey is a vehicle. He says, one day I will not be known by how great of a hockey player I was, but how great of a person that I, I was and that I inspired many to dream bigger than themselves. Can I tell you something today? What God wants to do, he wants to take the limits off your mind, friends. He wants to get rid of assumptions because so often we assume how things should go and God is saying, what you're assuming is so small compared to what I have for you. You know why? Because you're called to change lives. Every single person here has a responsibility to be an influence to those around them. Can I tell you something, friends? There's people in here today, you are the representation of Jesus Christ to your family. Some of you today, you're the only Christians in your family. And so the only, the only, the only Jesus that they see at that moment is going to be the Jesus that they see through you. So can I tell you something? I really want to show who Jesus really is. Can I tell you what the church needs? We need a revelation of who Jesus really is. We need, we need to allow the Lord, and we just say, Lord, we just submit our minds and our ideas of who you are, God, because you're so much bigger. We need an overhaul. We need the mind of Christ in this season that takes off the limits, that realizes that we serve a God of abundance, that we serve a God that can take impossible situations and make them possible. Because at the end of the day, it's about loving God and loving people. Can I tell you something? I want, I want my life to be a reflection. I love what my dad said. He said, you know, love is not about how we love God, but it's having a revelation of how much God has loved us. And out of that revelation, we just give love. And people come around you. And I love what the Pharisees said about the disciples. They said, you know what? Do you realize that they were untrained, uneducated, but they recognized that they had been with Jesus? Can I ask you a question? Do you carry the fabric, the DNA of Jesus? Have you got close to him where you smell like Jesus, that you look like Jesus? Friends, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is the most amazing person that you know. And it would be very hard to reject Jesus if people had a real representation of who Jesus is. So God, we're asking today that you would reveal who you are. That you would remove discouragement. I'm telling you today, guys, God wants to remove discouragement. Hope deferred. Some of you today, you feel like you're on plan B and you feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, I'm telling you here today, you're not in a tunnel. 
the Lord is saying, I'm taking you higher. And what you're going through is about to be the greatest testimony that's going to give him glory. One of the greatest prayers in the Bible, I love it, is the prayer of Jehoshaphat. When an army's coming, an army that they can't win against, they can't fight against, what does Jehoshaphat do? He calls the whole family together, all of Israel, the men, the women, the children. And he has this amazing speech up until the very end. <laughs> it's awesome. He talks about how, you know, God, we remember what you've done. And then right at the end, you know what he says? He says, Lord, we don't know what to do. <laughs> Who says that? Lord, we don't know what to do. Doesn't sound like what a king would say. Can I tell you in that moment, you know what? Sometimes it's time to get real with God and say, you know what, God? I'm tired of the games. I'm tired of the hype. I'm tired of saying that I know it all. Lord, there's sometimes I don't know what to do. You know, your situation today, it doesn't need us to pretend like we know it all. You know what we need? We need God to help us. And there's sometimes in our life where we need to have the fire of God and say, God, I don't know what to do. Like Jehoshaphat, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Because what you focus on, you empower. And when you focus on Jesus, how many know when you focus on him, he's focused on you, and there's a transference that takes place. Because when you see him, you become like him. Because you see him as he really is. I want to see him this afternoon. In the midst of our circumstances, I want to see God, just like David strengthened himself in the Lord. You know what he did? He found God. Friends, I want to encourage you today. God is with you, and he loves you. Some of you today, there's been a battle for your kids. There's been a battle for your spouse. I want to tell you something today. Jesus is with you, and he's never left you. And he loves you, and he has a plan for you, and he's got a plan for your family. He's got a plan for your kids. He's got a plan for your grandkids and great-grandkids. And he's got a plan for this community, and he's got a plan for our nation. And he's never left us. And he won't leave us. And he's going to be with us everywhere that we go. And you know what he's saying right now? He's saying it's time to finish strong. It's time to run. It's time to get up again. It's time to dust ourselves off. Some of us, we feel a little beat up in life. You know what? All of us, we've had some bumps and bruises. But you know what? Jesus has never let us go. And he's there to clean us up. And he still has a smile on his face. You know why? Because today's a good day. You came in today, and I want to tell you something. Today's a good day. It's a good day for you. It's a great day. You know why? Because Jesus is your greatest cheerleader today, and he's cheering you on. And he's saying you will finish strong, and you will see the things that I've called you to see. You know why? Because we're going to find Jesus today. Amen? So here's what I want us to do. I want us all to stand up. Whew. I don't know if we can get the band to come up and just the band. Oh, God is good, amen? It's a good day. And we're going to rejoice and be glad. So here's what I want us to do this afternoon. Can we just lift up our hands? You know, I, um, 
the Lord spoke to me about lifting up hands. And, um, you know, I'm a parent. I have a daughter who's almost two. Her name is Kaylin. And she is the cutest thing in the world. I bet you every parent says that. But she is so adorable. And um, my little girl, <laughs> I'm, now I'm going to get emotional here. I'm sorry. Um, my little girl, when um, she wants my attention, and, you know, she, she wants to look, you know, at stuff. She runs up to her daddy. She runs up to me. And she puts her hands up like this. And she says, Daddy, uppy. Uppy, Daddy, uppy. Which means this, Dad, I want to see from your perspective. And I'm going to tell you something today. As we're lifting up our hands today, we have a good father. And I, and I just feel this, this afternoon, God wants to change our perspective today. He wants you to see the way that he sees. For some of us, we feel like we've been seeing a certain way that's brought in discouragement. The Lord is saying, your greatest years are yet to come. You need to see the way that I see. You need to see the breakthrough that's right here, right now, available for you. And so as we lift up our hands, Father, we just thank you. Whew that you are a good father, a good father. You know, I've got a great dad in the natural, but I, you know what, I have an even greater dad, my heavenly father. And I, and I just speak this over the people today, that you have a great father who's lifting you up in this season. And I prophesy over you today that this year is your greatest year. And I speak over every person where there's been discouragement or hope deferred, where there's been burnout. Lord, I thank you that there, I just see a wind coming in your sails and I prophesy the wind of heaven being released right now. Wow, a releasing of an injection of hope. Whew. Wow. That God, you're doing things beyond what we can think or imagine. And so, Lord, as we lift up our hands all over this place, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, for that perspective today. Lord, we want to see the way that you see. Lord, and I just prophesy over people here today that there is a new beginning. The Lord is saying that you will pursue, you will overtake and you will recover all. And I speak right now where the enemies try to steal from you, where the enemies try to discourage you, where he's come after your family, your health, your finances. Father, I just thank you right now in Jesus' name that there is a releasing of restoration. And we speak right now to people's bodies. We thank you right now for healing. We speak to people's marriages. Lord, we thank you that you're going to restore. Lord, their kids are coming back in Jesus' name. Lord, we speak to this city. Lord, we thank you that this city is being released with the fire of God. Lord, we thank you that you're raising this city up for such a time as this. That cold lake. Wow, wow, wow. It's going to have a revelation of a good father. That this region is going to have a revelation of good father. And Lord, I thank you right now for every First Nations brother and sister that's here today. Father, I just thank you for them. And I thank you that this is a new season. That this is a new season. And I prophesy right now, Lord, I thank you that you are raising up our First Nations brothers and sisters in this time to do great exploits for the kingdom. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing, Lord, in communities all over Canada. Father, that you are releasing the spirit of revival 
Lord, we just prophesied the spirit of revival being released over Cold Lake, over Alberta, over all across Canada. Wow. Right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we just receive it. Tell you, just receive. There's an injection of hope coming right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we just receive, Lord, your hope today. Lord, a hope that causes us to dream again. I just prophesied that the dreamers are going to dream. Wow. The dreamers will dream. The dreamers will dream. Lord, that dream, there's dreams and visions over Cold Lake. Lord, I thank you that it will come to pass in Jesus' name. Whew. Listen, there's people in here today. It's like the enemies try to steal. It's like the energy in your body. I just see the Lord literally releasing. It's like a second wind. The Lord is saying, you're not done yet. How many know there's no retirement in the kingdom? I heard someone say this. There's no retirement, but there is a refirement. And God is about to refire you in this season. He's about to turn up the heat. He's about to crank it up right now. So, Lord, we thank you for the releasing of your fire in this place. We thank you for the revival fire. God, you're raising up burning ones, shining ones, God, in this place. Whoa! Lord, release your fire. Release your fire. All over this room, let the fire fall. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.